the Credibility Coach Podcast, the show dedicated to helping you build, grow, and sustain a successful coaching business. All right, coach, are you ready? Let's do this. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Credibility Coach Podcast. My name is David Sargent. This is episode number eight, and this is the podcast that's dedicated to helping you grow a successful coaching business. Today, we're talking about a subject that I get asked about quite a lot and a subject that most coaches actually do try and avoid or they don't feel like they should invest as much time in, and that is sales, because as coaches, we are salespeople too. If we don't get coaching clients, if we don't use the sales process, we don't get paid we don't have a business. So today we're going to be covering my seven key learnings of selling coaching services, how to quickly develop your sales skills, tips and tricks for selling your coaching services when you hate selling, how to avoid annoying sales behaviors that every coaching prospect hates, and why giving away value will build your trust and actually get you more clients and so many more value bombs. So I'm really, really excited about today's episode. There is going to be a lot of value and a lot of information thrown at you today, guys. So I suggest that you initially listen to this podcast episode, then you can go back over it and take notes and and relearn again, because this is from real experience that I have built up. I've taken notes along my journey so far, and now I want to share that with you as well as speaking to other people and kind of combining all of this into this episode for you for free forever. Now, there is an accompanying download today. A PDF of all of the notes from today is available to you completely for free. Just head on over to credibilitycoach.com forward slash 008. That's credibilitycoach.com forward slash 008 to get your free PDF download, which accompanies this episode. It's basically bullet point summaries of everything that I just explained we're going to be covering in today's episode because there is a lot today of stuff that we're going into and it can become quite overwhelming. I don't want that to be the case for you. So rest assured that we have got for you to take away for free the PDF download. So I very much encourage you to download that too. So let's get on with today's episode. This is the Credibility Coach Podcast. Most of us have heard of the term, you're a natural born salesperson. Or come across someone that's really annoying, by the way, who has been born with a natural style of selling that isn't annoying or pushy, and they just seem to just do so well in selling their coaching services or other products and services. And it really does beg the question, doesn't it? Is being a likable salesperson something that you're actually born with, or is it something that we can actually learn? Now, personally, having been there and done it in, with this mindset uh, change, I believe it's actually a mixture of both. And it's true that some people can naturally sell ice to an Eskimo, as they say. But for most coaches, selling brings to mind the days of going to buy that used car and being pressured into buying a certain one by an annoying, pushy salesman that just won't leave you alone. So does selling make you feel awkward? Because it used to make me feel awkward a lot, actually. And does the idea of putting a smile on your face, pretending to... to, that your prospects are your best friends and sweet talking them into spending money on your coaching services just make you kind of want to run away and hide because you know that that is a common feeling you know you don't want to do it so how can you sell your coaching services your events and your books etc without feeling like you have to somehow become 
somebody else like you have to pretend and what does it actually take to develop your salesmanship skills so that people actually like and trust you because salesmanship is both an art and a science isn't it when you think about it it's a human activity that involves human interaction and although a natural affinity to selling is helpful obviously when you're selling I believe that it can actually be learned so here's some maybe surprising statistics for you So 75% of buyers want marketers to curb the sales speak in their content. And only 2% of sales occur at a first meeting. 47% of nurtured leads go on to make larger purchases than non-nurtured leads. 63% of people requesting information today about your coaching won't buy for at least three months. And companies that nurture leads make 50% more sales at 33% lower cost than non-nurtured leads. So these statistics show that selling takes more than just being a pushy and aggressive salesperson. It takes time to build a trusting relationship with your potential client and ensuring that you've had repeated exposure in their life in a good way. So throughout today's episode, I'm going to be sharing tips and examples of what it takes to become a quote-unquote natural salesperson without being that pushy and aggressive coach that people just really dread talking to at an event or picking up the phone or emailing and then it just, you know, basically the lead just dies, the prospect dies and you, you it's dead in the water. So let's establish what a natural, likeable, trustworthy salesperson is. Now, yes, we are coaches, and you might be thinking at this stage, what's this got to do with me? Well, to get coaching clients, newsflash, you have to make a sale. And that sales process means that you are now a salesperson before you become a coach to that prospect. So a natural-born salesperson isn't pushy, first and foremost. They're confident, they have a lot of enthusiasm, but they aren't aggressive when people start listening to them. Next up is their confidence. You see, coaches that are good at sales really don't worry about what other coaches or other business owners or other people around them really think of them. Yes, obviously they have respect, but they are confident and they're not easily embarrassed, so they just go for it. And then we have curiosity and a genuine interest in the prospect's business or life, etc. So they're willing to absorb information and ask questions and listen and learn about the other person. So putting it all on to the prospect, taking a genuine interest. See, a coach that is likable and naturally likes people is less likely to be pushy and aggressive to the people that they're trying to convince to buy their coaching services. They're confident with a natural curiosity that prevents them from being brash. Think about it. I do take the point that some people just naturally know how to sell more than others. Okay, I completely accept that. And the good ones know how to sell without actually getting right up in your face and just being obnoxious and pressuring you. They seem to be able to gently coax people into a buying decision even before that person knows what's happening. So what is actually their secret? Now, I've done a lot of um, self-development on this topic myself. When I first went into business, into into my marketing agency and, and my subsequently my coaching business in marketing coaching, I had to go through a crash course of sales, right? Now, I've always been uh, confident, I would say. I've always been not 
intimidated to speak to people, but I've never really seen myself as a salesperson. So I had to go through quite a big journey of discovery, really. And, and I quickly, when I went into business, I quickly had to learn some essential sales skills to help me overcome the anxiety I face sometimes when put into a daunting situation. I've got to grow my business. It's not going to grow itself. So I need to be able to actually sell. So I'm going to share with you the seven key learnings that I've had around becoming a non-pushy salesperson. Now, I'd never say that I was pushy, but equally, when I started learning more about sales, I didn't want to become pushy, right? So I'm going to share with you now these um, these seven things that I learned. Now, the first one is about caring about the prospect. Okay, so non-pushy salespeople care about what the customer thinks, how the customer feels and if the coaching services is actually a good fit for them and their business or their life or their career etc and they take the time to learn about each prospect and what their needs actually are and I think that's really critical you know I always give a, uh, a half an hour consultation call to my prospects and they always overrun because I'm taking the time genuinely uh, because I care about my prospects business because if I can't help them or they're not ready for my services then I will just say no this is not right um, because I genuinely care about their success I, I love the coaching industry and I love helping coaches now that leads me on to the second one right and that is um, that you need to love the product that you're actually selling or the coaching service the event etc so it's been proven that those who genuinely love what they do and, and love what they offer have an easier time selling it. I mean, I know that I do because I believe in it, right? Um, they talk about the the coaching service from a place of caring and genuine like, from the heart, I suppose you could say. But it's also about then being able to connect it all together using your head. Okay, so if we get too emotionally involved, then that can cause problems too. And that's when a lot of coaches end up actually helping people and over-servicing their clients on a consultation stage because they do actually care so much emotionally about what they're doing that they end up actually coaching somebody before even doing business and that's where it can go wrong for people number three is what i've learned is humor right it's a massive part of my sales process it's just a massive massive part of who i am so it's not like i'm deliberately including humor in there but i think it's really important that adding a bit of humor into our sales process really does help to keep things light between you and the prospect it just keeps it pumping along. Now, I'm not saying don't like just start faking it and creating really awkward jokes and stuff like that. I just mean be more laid back, right? Be more uh, casual about things sometimes and just, just be yourself. And, and if you find something funny, laugh about it. Don't be frightened to just like restrict yourself in any way because you never know. The other person you're speaking to might be feeling exactly the same. Step four is being a great communicator. When you think about it, a salesperson in any industry has to be able to communicate effectively with the other person you have to be on the same same wavelength guys as your prospect okay in order for you to sell you have to be able to communicate and you have to both be understanding what you are talking about in this moment number five is looking for solutions all the time making effective decisions all the time so we need to look at all the facts of a situation and learn 
to make effective business decisions for us based on the information that we're getting from the prospect. And then we need to uh, use that information to become much better at convincing the other person to actually listen to us and trust us in what we're saying is going to actually improve their life or their business or their career, etc. And number six is all about the conversation. <laughs> We've all been in them situations where the conversation seems to be a bit, yes, no, okay, weather's nice today, you know, small talk. Well, a good salesperson knows how to hold a conversation. They ask the right questions. They keep the conversation flowing by listening and giving compliments when appropriate. They speak clearly with confidence, but add in a hint of humor when needed. Back to step three there. So it's just like um, keeping the conversation going, you know, with them open questions, the what, when, how, and why questions, etc. And step seven is that we have to know how to take control of a situation. And this goes back to, again to them free consultation calls or them meetings that you're having with people at events because you can start over-servicing people. There are people out there that will take advantage of you and your knowledge and your experience and your kind heart and your passion for helping people, and they will want to just take over the conversation, take over the situation. So you have to be a leader at guiding your prospect through the conversation, through that situation, to get the desired result for you. And ultimately, let's not forget the desired result for your prospect. So remember, potential buyers of your coaching services, programs, events, etc., will often run away when they're approached by a pushy coach that's being too salesy, too pushy. But on the other hand, when a, a coach who's natural at sales, using all of the, the, the above steps I just mentioned, when they are being applied correctly, the prospect doesn't even realize, guys, that they're actually being sold to because it's a natural, fun, insightful conversation that you are controlling. But look, don't worry if you haven't been blessed with like natural sales confidence and ability, etc. I'm going to cover some stuff now in this podcast um, about how we can start developing your sales a little bit more, right? Completely free training. Just see this as my gift to you um, as some free salesmanship training. So let's look at how we can develop your natural sales ability. Now, there's a few things that you need to develop in order to become natural with selling. But don't like freak out because you're not going to have to spend hours in the classroom learning them. I didn't spend hours in the classroom, although I did self-develop and read and etc. But so what I've done is I've taken that and I've rounded out what I've learned um, into this podcast episode just for you. You are welcome. <laughs> so a natural salesperson will use niche-specific language. So this means that you need to become a student of your profession. So listen to others in, your, in and around your coaching niche to begin to understand the niche that you're operating in. Read industry blogs or lifestyle blogs or, or corporate blogs, whatever it is, whatever sector that you're in. Say you're a business coach and you're specializing in the manufacturing industry you know, get familiar with the jargon that's being used in that industry amongst business owners, events, etc. Listen to feedback from others and work on changing the weak areas that you have around that, the areas that maybe you don't understand. Get to know them. If there are 
life challenges or career challenges or business challenges that your prospects are facing, find out what they are and immerse yourself in it and understand the language they're using and the problems they're facing. Experience and practice are the top ways to develop your sales ability. I can't stress that enough. So take your uh, development in this area seriously because without it, without without developing your sales um, skills, without learning from your experiences, you're not going to be able to sell anything, not very well anyway. So educate yourself and put into practice what you learn in front of your peers in real life situations and make use of online learning, make use of things like this podcast and ebooks and audiobooks and and video trainings and, and real life events as well, seminars, etc. to educate yourself if you are constantly on the go like I am then listening in the car on the train on the plane etc like I'm, I'm flying to Portugal on Sunday it's now what but Thursday I'm going to be I've already lined up what it is I'm going to be reading like audiobooks wise um, and, and podcasts that I've saved up to listen to specifically while I'm traveling because that's my downtime because e-learning allows me and and you to brush up on product knowledge through videos etc so always be prepared. So whether you're selling a coaching service, you're trying to sell tickets to a workshop event, or you're trying to sell your book or your on your online programs or a webinar, etc., you have to begin by actually understanding who your audience is and what they really genuinely care about. And to do that, you need to follow this process. So grab a pen or, or bookmark this part of the podcast or save this episode to come back to it. So step one, okay, is to identify your target audience. Now, we hear this all the time. This is something that I teach in my Kickstarter coaching program um, at credibilitycoach.com forward slash Kickstarter. So identify who your target audience is. Who are you actually speaking to? You know, you've got to understand that, right, first and foremost. Secondly, identify what actually drives your audience, okay, who drives your prospects, how will your product, coaching service, book, event, etc., whatever it is that you're trying to sell to them, guys, how is that actually going to genuinely help them and give them value? Understand this stuff. You should understand this stuff. Step three is identify the language. So, for example, as I mentioned before, if it's a technical audience, use technical language and ideas. Don't be frightened to do that. You know, you, you've got to show people that you, you, you can relate to them and they, they can relate to you. You've got to get them. So determining what you're selling is number four because so many coaches, and me included at the start, kind of winged it. You know, Oh, yeah, we can help you grow your business. Oh, yeah, I can help you change your life. Oh, yeah, I can help you get a new job and progress your career. I can help you get fit and healthy. Great, very, very broad. So determine what is it that you're actually, actually selling. Um, you know, is it a new concept of coaching? Is it different from the next person? Or is it just really basic but very straightforward and this is the result you're going to get? But make sure you have an understanding of what that is. Next up is distinguish between the features and the benefits of what you actually do. Okay, so the features, for example, um, let's take uh, some computer software, right? Let's say someone's selling computer software. The features of the new software is that it's fast and easy to use. And the benefits of what it does for the person that uses this software would be, say, 
Uh, it benefits them by giving them more time to do other tasks because the software is so efficient, right? So make sure you have a clear understanding of what the features and the benefits are of your coaching or your event, etc. So during the time that you're speaking to your prospect, i.e. your sales pitch, make sure that you're connecting with your prospects by having a good conversation. So talk enthusiastically about your coaching or your events, etc. And there's three ways that you can really do that. And this is an area that people really struggle with. And from my experience talking to coaches, again, I've spoken to hundreds of coaches now, this comes up time again, is how do I keep in that conversation engaged? So there's three simple bullet points that I actually use in this situation. Now, the first one is by asking questions and involving the prospect in the conversation. So just talk at them. You know, this is me. This is what I do. This is how I help. Blah, 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 blah. Ask a question. So how are you? Anyway, let me tell you about how I am. <laughs> it, it doesn't work. So you need to ask questions that involve your prospects and listen. Just listen, okay? And the next step on that is focusing on helping them through the conversation instead of selling to them. Don't think that a sales pitch is actually about selling to them. We know it is. The 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 goal is that ultimately they're going to convert into a coaching client, right? That is the goal here. Or they buy a ticket to your event or they buy your book, etc. But I assure you, by focusing on helping them instead of selling to them, you're going to get clients. I promise you. It might, might not always be um, instantaneous. Remember, it can take up to three months for somebody to convert into a coaching client. But I promise you, they'll go away thinking, wow. That was an amazing conversation. I must get back in touch with David, etc. And the third point here is paying attention to their body language. Now, it's really interesting. Like you can, when you start actually to take notice of people's body language. So I always say, um, if I see somebody like yawn, or you know, when somebody tries not to yawn during a conversation, but instead makes it more obvious they should have just yawned in the first place. Well, if I see that happening, I'll wrap the conversation up. I'll say, listen, I don't want to keep you any longer. Here's my card or, you know, check out my blog, etc. Check out my podcast and I'll, I'd love to hear from you soon. Or, you know, if somebody's sitting there with their arms crossed and their shoulders like hunched up, you know, I'm doing it right now, even though you can't see me. Um, but, you know, if they're sitting there like that and you just think to yourself, wow, they're defensive. So then I try and line it up a little bit. Or maybe you can even just challenge them and say, do you think that I'm really attacking you right now? Am I being too much for you right now? Because you look like you're about to punch me in the face. And then I'm bringing that humor back in. Obviously, you've got to time that. <laughs> Don't antagonize the situation. But it's just about reading people's body language. It's really important. Because no matter what you're selling, you don't want to come off as aggressive. Because once you've come off as aggressive once, or pushy in any way, it's very hard to get that back because... You know, you're just building that relationship. And if people have that view of you from the very start, it's very difficult to come back from that. So that's why it's important to develop your natural sales ability. Developing your conversational style and asking the right questions will help you appear so much more natural, not pushy and not aggressive in any way. Next up is a topic that comes up all the time and coaches that I speak to don't want to always admit this, but it is, how do I sell when I absolutely hate selling? They say, David, you know, sales, it's just not really my thing or I struggle with sales, but they don't actually just admit that I hate selling and it's okay to hate it. Guys, 
most coaches, me included, are all about value. We just love coaching. We love that one-on-one, intense, deep dive environment where we can really help people have that light bulb moment to discover the answers that are right under their nose usually. You don't have to love selling. I'm not saying that at all, but you do need to be able to do it effectively in order to grow your coaching business, okay? And I think that's a very fair point to make. So even if you're sat here right now and you've got the barriers up and you're thinking to yourself, I hate selling, I hate selling, I hate selling, be reassured because even if you aren't naturally uh, gifted at selling, you can develop the skills as we've been discussing. And that's even if you hate selling because the most effective salespeople in the world are the ones who aren't focused on actually making a sale. So with practice, it will come more naturally to you. See it as um, helping somebody to buy or see it as sales through education. I'm going to go out there, I'm going to educate people, and as a result, people are going to like me, they're going to trust me, and I'm going to end up being able to sell to them. So take the pressure off yourself. Don't call it selling. Just call it helping people to buy or something along them lines, right? It's it's just a mindset shift. I had to go through it. If you're in this same situation, you can do it too, I assure you. If I can do it, you can do it. So let's have a look now at just what else you need to do so you can have really good salesmanship skills, remember, without appearing to sell. So I've just taken some notes of some top tips that I think are going to help you now um, with that. So again, you know, you can go back and listen to this episode as many times as you like. It's totally free and it always will be. But um, if if you're on a train or a plane right now, you might want to take some notes down for this as well. So the first one is to not focus on making the sale. So instead, focus on the prospect, focus on the people that you're speaking to, if you're speaking to a group of people, because people can really tell if you care about them or not. It doesn't matter whether you're doing an in-person sales pitch, whether you're doing a video, you know, like on Skype or Zoom, like a consultation, or whether or not you're writing a sales page or an email, for example, your potential coaching clients are watching you and they are waiting to see where your loyalties actually lie. So when they see that you care more about yourself than you do them, or you, you care more about money than you do them, they will immediately stop trusting you and pretty much cut you out of the network and they won't actually refer you or anything and they're pretty much lost forever. So that's really, really important. So don't focus on making the sale. You see, it's quite easy, isn't it? If you hate selling, don't sell. <laughs> so stop trying so hard to make the sale. That's the second tip here, okay? Forget about the money that you make if they buy. Forget about the amazing life change it, that it could bring to you and your family if they come on and they become a coaching client or they become your highest paying client, etc. And forget about your sales goals, your KPIs, if you've got any. You have got goals, right? Um, or your own objectives in your business. Put that all to side for one, uh, just for one minute. And instead, focus on helping the prospect, the coaching prospect, in this moment. It's important that you are always honest, you're always transparent, and you genuinely show that you care about them and their business or their life or their career or their health, whatever sort of coach that you are, and always tell them the truth, no matter how much it affects your bottom line. If they're not right for this coaching program that you're trying to sell, don't try and sell them on it because you know, you're both going to end up losing. It's got to be win-win. If you're talking to somebody and you feel like they 
they are, won't be a good fit for your business, uh, for your coaching program, etc., then just be honest and say, look, I, this is more for people in their 30s that are going through a midlife crisis or something, you know, and I don't think that you're going through that. So I'm not entirely sure that my coaching program is going to be for you, etc. You get the message, right? So the third step here is for the first few minutes, just listen. You hear that silence? That's what you need to do. For the first few minutes, listen to your potential clients. Because this is the way that you can learn what their needs are before you even mention what it is that you're selling. People will be so much more likely to buy from you because you've built trust with them. And I say this all the time. People that work with me and know this, I know that you guys listen too. Hello, it's fantastic to work with you. But I always mention the scales of credibility and, you know, my brand is called Credibility Coach. This is the Credibility Coach podcast. Credibility is made up of two key components. That is your uh, expertise and your trustworthiness. And as soon as they are level, that is when a buying purchase normally happens, a buying decision. So you need to build the trust, okay? So you can go into a conversation if you so wish to and just go, here's my expertise. This is what I do. This is what I do. This is what I do. This is how I help. I'm an expert. I'm an expert. And people are going to go, yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, thanks very much for sharing that. Yeah. And they'll smile and they'll shake your hand and it'll be good. And you'll never hear from them again. What you need to do is build the trust. And the way you build the trust, like I just said, is by listening. Ask open questions. How? When? Why? What? There's all them other ones. And just listen. And then you can start probing a little bit deeper, get to the bottom of the of the problem and then you can match what you do to them problems and you're all going to be happy. Next up is providing extra value that they wouldn't actually expect. So going above and beyond what the conversation was actually all about. So share resources, for example. Now, you want to get them on your email list. This is what I'm going to say. If, you, if you've got an email list, if you've got the, the capacity and the facilities to do that, then you want to start building that email list, right, to nurture your database. So you could offer, you could invite them to a free online training that you've pre-recorded, uh, you could give them free reports or interviews showing the results that others got from your coaching. Or once you've actually built a relationship um, with them, you can then start showing them a little bit more about your other products and services too. So that's a really, really um, good place uh, to to start with upping the value that you're actually giving. That leads me on to the next point, which is about sharing your secrets with them. Now, I get so much pushback from this. It's unbelievable. People go, I don't want to give away my best stuff for free. You know, what will they buy? Well, you can show somebody how to do something a hundred times and the odds are they'll still pay you to do it for them. So when you tell people how to do something, what you're actually doing is you're building trust. So figure out which kind of, I call them secrets, but figure out which value bombs that you can share that will boost your authority with the person while you're talking to them and really help you to to convert them into a client you know you can really wow them so for example you know i i often share people share with people um how to discover who they are as a coach how to discover where they really help their clients so they can then start honing their message and refining their message a little bit more and i do that completely for free when i'm talking to people and it really does make a difference to them they take away value from that conversation i've not actually sold a thing to them and then nine times out of ten I do end up having a consultation call with them in more detail about how we can move our relationship forward together so the next thing is 
tell them something that they don't know about your coaching services or your business or about you. Early in the conversation, after you've listened to them, tell them something that they didn't actually know because this adds value before they end up buying from you in the future, hopefully, and it shows that you are able to deliver something new to them that maybe other people they've spoken to actually haven't. So the next one is to tap in to their deep desires. Ooh, it sounds so uh, so uh, mystic, myst- mysterious. What the hell am I talking about? But what is it they, <laughs> they truly desire? Is it survival in their business? Is it more enjoy- enjoyment of life? Is it uh, career progression? Is it freedom of pain, of danger, of fear? Is it social approval? What is it that your prospect actually desires? So why is it they want to grow their business? Is it because they want, really want to grow the business or is it because they want to get a bigger house and they want to have a bigger family? You see, so you get into the bottom of them desires. There's always an indirect reason why they want something. So when you are selling your coaching services or your events, etc., how does it make your prospects feel better, happier, safer, or more in control of themselves and their lives? Think about it and tap into them desires that they've got. Next up is to tell stories, but make sure that you've listened as well and you continue to listen. So stories actually help us visualize a specific experience or, or a scene in our minds. They can become uh, compelling and entertaining conversations too as a result of, of sharing them stories. And sales messages get mixed in without anybody noticing. So after a presentation, for example, 63% of attendees, 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 attendees remember stories. So like I was recently at the Business Excellence Forum in Harrogate, in Yorkshire, here in the UK, and I remember Michelle Moan, uh, her keynote, Baroness Michelle Moan, I remember her stories. Absolutely fantastic, inspiring stories. I remember them, but only 5% remember the statistics. Now, she, she shared uh, statistics in that keynote. I remember her doing it, but do you think I can remember? No, but I can remember her story, and it and it gave me so much more respect for her. I hadn't heard her speak before. So it's um it's really interesting, isn't it? So it's their stories, and people remember that. And they're unique to you, of course. Statistics, anybody can just spout a statistic out. But nobody can share your story, your personal experiences. The next up, guys, is critical, is just to be likable. How do you just become likable though it's a bit of a, a tough one isn't it but here's some tips get rid of stock photographs and stuff like that on your websites for example and in your branding and your brochures things like that or your generic business cards or the way that you dress you know don't dress generic like everybody else you know have a little bit more flair a little bit more style about you use um use your signature um on the end of your blog posts and, and your letters and stuff like that forget flashy words and, and industry jargon in a general context. So just be yourself. Don't always think you have to be, for example, corporate. Don't always feel like you have to um, be somebody that you're not. Just be authentic. Be yourself. Now, yes, I said about earlier about using industry jargon and technical language. Of course, when you're in a conversation with somebody, you need to be able to fit in. But what I mean is in your generalized sales copy on your websites and your emails and stuff like that, 
don't use jargon that you would use and your target audience wouldn't. That's the point here that I'm trying to make. Just be yourself. Be be who you are. Be comfortable with who you are. Don't feel like you have to be somebody else. So the next one is to raise objections by yourself. So be brave, guys. Be brave during these conversations and raise any objections um, that the customer or the potential customer might have. So if they say, oh, it's too expensive, you know, tackle that. Don't be scared to talk about that. And be willing to offer different options. Don't just offer a yes or no option. Like, you know, do you want to go ahead? No. Okay, end of conversation. Instead, offer three options for prospects to choose from because this gives you, as the salesperson in that moment, and the prospect, the chance to choose something that you can both be happy with and and find a win-win. So it could be like, hey, do you want to come on, you know, we've got three options here. You can either come on my Kickstarter program, which is five in-depth one-on-one coaching sessions where we identify who you are as a coach, or you could come to my free workshop, which is next Friday. That's going to be a, a great place for you to come to get to know me a little bit better and take some value away from that. Or you can jump onto a Zoom call with me uh, in in a couple of weeks' time, and we can go through the, uh, the the problem that you're having right now in your business. How does that sound? What one do you think would work for you a little bit more? And then you've given three options. It's not a yes, no, definitive answer. You've given three options. And it's just, again, about making it accessible for the prospect um, and making it manageable for yourself and creating that win-win and building that trust up. So if you follow the tips that I've outlined in today's episode so far, you're going to start to find that your sales process isn't going to be a sales process as you know it anymore. And you're going to start to see that it actually really isn't that difficult at all to start selling what you're doing. And a lot of it, yes, is common sense and you've got to be true to who you really are. But it boils down to building relationships and having really meaningful, in-depth conversations, which is all about adding value to your prospect and building your trust with that coaching prospect. All right, so this is the final section of the podcast about sales. And this is about avoiding annoying sales behaviours. Now, a big worry that I had as well was like, if I'm in the moment, I get very passionate, I get very carried away sometimes what I'm talking about and the excitement rubs off onto other people and that's brilliant. But I don't want to become annoying. I don't want to be that guy in the room that is that annoying person that's trying to sell. And I don't even want to like, oh, it just makes me feel horrible thinking that I could be seen as that person. So I started to take notes down about annoying sales behaviors that I observed. Now, have you ever sat in like a webinar or a workshop or listened to a podcast or a video, etc., where the presenter or the speaker or the keynote constantly talked about themselves, bragged and was just downright aggressive in their pursuit of the sale? Like, did it make you feel awkward when they come to try and close you at the end of an event, for example? Because good salespeople, you know, they want to avoid annoying sales behaviors because they want to get the sale. So it's kind of like by not selling, by not focusing on the sale, you get the sale. So it's, although it sounds contradictory, it works, I assure you. So I've created, um, like I said, a list of stuff that I've learned that I want to share with you right now about how to annoyed, uh, annoyed? avoid annoying sales behaviors. I'll get there in the end. Hey, this has been a good episode, right? You're, I'm allowed to have little mistakes here and there. It proves that I'm putting energy into this and I'm trying to keep it moving along. 
anyway. So there you go. Like, I'm talking about humour again, right? So it's taking the mickey out of myself now. So this um, list coming up is about annoying sales behaviours and what we can do to actually avoid becoming an annoying coach that's just trying to sell all the time. So grab your pen again or bookmark this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to it, by the way, if this is your, the first episode that you're listening to because there'll be more content like this. Um, go over to creatabilitycoach.com forward slash podcast for more episodes and also check out the Facebook group at credibilitycoach.com forward slash Facebook group too. Okay, that's my plugs out of the way. Let's look at these annoying sales habits. All right, the first and foremost one is just not listening. Just frankly, just not listening at all. And this annoying behavior is so stereotypical. Um, You see it everywhere you go, right? Um, Incessant talking and focusing only on your own needs, becoming self-absorbed. Listen to your prospects and what they need and what they want, and then you can continue the conversation. Next up is being dishonest. Good salespeople, guys, they don't lie. They don't need to. Those that, that often lie in their sales process, they're looking to win the sale, get the quick buck for the very short-term gain. You are a good coach. You run a, a successful coaching business or you're getting to that point and you want to be in this for the long term. So don't lie. Don't make things up. Be transparent. Next is not knowing your target audience. Salespeople need to be able to adapt to any type of personality and buying style. And it's so annoying when salespeople disregard who their actual audience is and they go into this cookie-cutter, generic sales pitch that you can tell they've said 100 times in the mirror And you can even tell sometimes that they're a little bit shaky or a little bit uncertain about it because they're not sure who they're talking to. Now, the next one is being impatient. Guys, don't be impatient. Closing on a prospective client when they aren't ready is just unethical in my point, uh, through my eyes, in my world. Pushing a prospect into a sale that you know as the salesperson, they are not ready for, means that you're only looking out for you. And while, yes, we're all in business and we have to look after ourselves too, you cannot do it at the expense of a prospect. And, you know, you could ruin their business, potentially ruin their life, potentially ruin their career, etc. Don't be impatient. Have patience. I know it's easy to say, especially if you're starting out, but you've got to. You've got to do it. You've got to maintain that integrity. Next up is nagging. Oh, nag, nag, nag. Maybe you think that you're, I don't know, keeping in front of your customer and keeping in the front of their mind when you constantly call them or you're emailing them like over and over and over. But instead, what you're actually doing is you're just reminding them about how annoying you are. Um, and they won't take your calls anymore. They won't read your emails. And they certainly won't become a, a client anytime soon. So don't reach out to people unless you have something new to share. The way that I like to do it in follow-ups and things like that without nagging is just providing value to people. Share, share a free ebook or share a resource or share that you, you've just read a book and you thought that they'd really find it um, exciting for them or relevant for their business and then just quote some of the paragraphs or something in it and then ask them how they are, etc. You know, provide value. Again, make it all about them. But don't nag. Do not nag. Now, the next up is um, uh, is some is the type of person that I can't stand, and that is a know-it-all. Now, a know-it-all can be seen as not caring at all about 
any other point of views or any other solutions, etc. They use language that subconsciously makes the prospect feel completely uninformed. And, uh, well, I don't know how I can say it, but they can, they can be so annoying. They use words like obviously, evidently, clearly, oh, without a doubt, and you should do this. And that can really make the prospect feel dumb or patronized and or just feel like you're telling them what to do. So just change one small word to change the tone of the conversation. Don't come across as pushy and a know-it-all because nobody likes a know-it-all. Um, jargon. All right, so I said we should use industry language. That's fine. That's within... Uh, if you're using industry language to match your target audience uh, language, that's absolutely fine. But don't talk jargon that your audience isn't going to actually understand. And this is almost as bad as being a know-it-all, to be honest with you. You don't want to... Um, you don't you don't want to come across as somebody that just has no regard whatsoever for your client or for your prospective clients, right? Because if you're doing that at this stage, imagine what your coaching is going to be like. It's going to be full of language that they don't understand. They're going to have to ask about what all that crap actually means, and it's just going to get really awkward very, very quickly, and it's going to be a very quick way to actually lose that prospect. This, the next one is not taking no for an answer. Now, being persistent is good when it's in small doses so like i.e not nagging like we just covered but not taking no for an answer is actually quite disrespectful and you can be very disrespectful in your persistence when the prospective client has actually already said no so calling over again or sending harassing emails after um you've already got a hard no really does cross the line into inappropriate behavior so be be aware of that and not paying any attention is next up and not answering direct questions. They would cover this a little bit, but some people just totally ignore direct questions or simply don't pay attention to what the prospect is actually asking. So stop and listen with the intention to uh, understand and then reply. Good coaches that are successful at sales focus on the benefits instead of the price. But when a, a client starts talking about something um, that that you don't necessarily want to talk about, you should also answer that in a diplomatic way and then steer the conversation back around to the direction that you want to take it in. The next one is interrupting. Wow, okay. So this is one of the most interrupting, annoying behaviors, you know, interrupting. <laughs> not Not only do people that are on a sales mission interrupt a lot, but just anybody in general that interrupts you is so bloody annoying, isn't it? I absolutely hate it when people interrupt. You're trying to say something and people just talk over you or change the subject. And coaches that interrupt their prospective clients when they're talking really will come off as pushy and not caring what other clients want, what the client wants at all. So that's one to be really aware of, guys. The next one is up is being too pushy or aggressive. We've covered that today. But there are some coaches out there that are aggressive and there are some people out there that actually respond to aggressive sales tactics but most don't okay so assertive and action oriented orientated um actions from you is absolutely fine but don't be aggressive or pushy because that's totally another uh game altogether which you know i don't like personally but that's up to you right it's your business being 
inauthentic and not caring about your prospect. So your prospect will be able to sense when you care genuinely about making them happy or getting the results they want and when you don't care. So make sure you're always yourself, always authentic. And if you do care, genuinely care. And if you don't, do yourself a favor and the prospect a favor and move on. Next one is being forgetful. Now, I'm guilty of this. (laughs) I am getting better, but I used to forget names all the time. And forgetting names or some other important benefit of your coaching services or details about your your prospects, um, business, etc., it can be a massive turnoff. It's very disrespectful. And I've I've forgotten names before, and I've I've had to, even though they didn't know that I did, I've had to kind of like develop methods now to remember names. It's probably my biggest weakness. So um, now I just repeat the name back. They go, "Hi, my name's John." I say, "Hi, John. It's nice to meet you." Hi, my name's Eddie. Oh, hi, Eddie. It's nice to meet you. Like I, I repeat the name back now when um, I'm being introduced to make sure that I'm kind of cementing it in. And then what I'll do is I'll either write down on my phone. If we're all sat around a table, for example, at a dinner, I will get my phone out and I will just write down the names um, discreetly uh, in clockwise order, you know, starting from um, starting from my left so I can remember the names. Because I've been terrible at that, you know. I've We're all busy. We all have a lot of things going on and names to me, the conversations move so quickly and it's easy to forget names. So I make sure that I now take active measures to remember names. But it's very disrespectful, I think, and I wouldn't like you guys to make that that same mistake. Um, The next one is asking leading questions or open-ended questions because no one wants to talk about the weather for 30 minutes. So ask questions that are grounded in things that you know about the person that you're attempting to to sell your coaching services to, all right? So keep it relevant is basically what I'm saying. No one wants to talk about the weather, like I said. It's uh, hilarious. Um, Next one is asking the same questions over and over again. If you run out of things to say, don't keep going over old ground, guys. The prospect has already answered the damn question 10 times. Don't keep asking them the same questions all the time in a different way. So try try to rephrase the question or come at it from a different angle with a different opinion or a different view or something. But don't keep getting them to repeat the same thing over and over again. They'll start yawning and and they'll leave anyway. Next one is immediately jumping into your coaching programs, features and benefits. You know, God, this one is just, you know, a bit of a, a, again, a self-indulgent one. Leading by talking about your, your coaching doesn't really let the prospect see the value that it actually brings to them or how it actually changed their needs in their life, in their business, etc. And the next one up here is using a lot of uh, a directional words or phrases, should we say. So telling your prospect what they should do or what they have to do or what they need to do. It really does come off as pushy and quite condescending. And instead, use phrases like, um, I've seen other people in your situation do this. Or I've helped other people that wanted to get a promotion do this and and succeed in this area. So listen to me, guys. As a coach that's in selling mode, if you're guilty of doing any of the the things, the annoying behaviors that I've just shared, and I've just said to you, right, it's okay if you have been because I've been guilty of it too, like forgetting names, for example, but you need to stop it now. 
you're making your prospects go crazy and you're probably losing sales because of some of these behaviors. So take a moment to go back over what these behaviors are again and avoid them. Even a simple change in phrasing the way that you say certain things can actually make a big difference in how you're coming across. So here's what you need to do next, right? We have all been victims of the aggressive, pushy salesperson who won't uh, shut the front door, (laughs) who won't shut up, um, and doesn't take no for an answer. Anyone who's been on the receiving end of these bad sales behaviors and methods and unethical sales, you know, you know how painful and just damn right annoying that that is than that can be, right? So the awkward pauses, the poorly phrased questions, the wrong names, guilty, the flustered behavior, um, the, the rushing, the, almost a desperation to get the sale, they're tough for everyone involved and they're not good for relationship building and trust building. Throw in a pushy or overly aggressive manner and the client, the prospective client becomes annoyed, frustrated and is likely going to tell other people as well about how bad that you came across. So as you've seen throughout this podcast today, guys, you can sell without being pushy um, and without selling your soul. And you can sell even if you hate selling or you're not a natural born salesperson. All right, guys. Well, this has been quite an epic session today. There's been a lot of information thrown at you. Um, again, these aren't always designed for you to just absorb it all in one go. You can want to go back and listen again. I appreciate that I've dropped quite a lot on you today. Now, you can head on over to credibilitycoach.com forward slash 008 for all the show notes from today's episode. I've also actually created this in a free giveaway too, in a free PDF. If you want to take my notes away with you that you can use um, when you, you know, you're studying, whether or not, you know, you're on the beach somewhere, whether you're on the plane, the train, an event, or, you know, you just want to use it as a, as a desktop guide for you. If you head on over to credibilitycoach.com forward slash 008, you can actually download the free PDF of today's podcast there. So that's an exclusive free gift for you for being my loyal listeners. I thank you so much for being here. And I'm going to leave you with these final thoughts. Okay. Something that I've learned massively along the way is this. Don't be afraid to share your value for free with people. When you tell people how to do something, you aren't damaging your chances of getting a client in any way at all. Instead, you're actually building authority and trust and proving your expertise at the same time. When you give stuff away as well, try and give it away via your website or something like that where people have to give you their name and email address to actually get that value that you're giving away. Another Key learning for me is always about telling stories to visualize a specific scene or an experience. Um, And the the facts are that stories actually do sell. Stories are entertaining. They make it easier to fit uh, the sales message in around what you're talking about. And you can tell your facts um, within a story too. And people will always remember your story because it's unique to you. The statistics that like we mentioned earlier when I mentioned the Michelle Moan example, people don't remember statistics very well, but they will remember your stories. And if you want to know really the secret to successful sales, especially in coaching, is that you just need to align your selling techniques with the natural laws of actually selling. In other words, use both your learned and your natural sales skills combined with your stories 
with your experiences and your passion, genuine passion for your prospects, business, their career, etc., etc., whatever type of coach you are. Always be yourself. Always be transparent, authentic. Chuck some humor in there and just have fun with it. And don't see it as sales. Just see it as helping somebody to buy or selling through educating somebody else. Again, head on over to credibilitycoach.com forward slash 008 for all of today's show notes and download your free PDF, which includes everything that we've spoken about today in today's episode. Once again, thanks so much for listening to the Credibility Coach podcast. I appreciate there's been a lot of information thrown your way today, but I just wanted to get it out there for you so you can listen to this as many times as you need to. If you are finding value in the podcast with my guests, with the information that I'm sharing with you, I would very, very much appreciate it if you could leave an honest review over on iTunes or wherever you are listening to this podcast right now. It really does go a lot further and make a much, much bigger difference than you might think to the success of this podcast and for the the greater good of the coaching industry. Thank you so much again. And I look forward to speaking to you through your headphones or your speakers next week. Take care, guys. All the best.